0: All right, y'all, this is part two of our recruiting update for May 10th. We're talking about the most recent transfer additions for CSU football. If you missed part one, go ahead and check that one out. Right now, though, we're just going to pick up right where we left off, and that is talking about Dylan Goffney, the SMU wide receiver, who announced today that he will be transferring to CSU. That news actually got spoiled uh, yesterday by some random recruiting Twitter account that I've never heard of. You all know how I feel about letting college students be able to have their own moment to announce their own life decisions, so I'm not going to make that same rant again. But I just think it's lame. I think it's lame to steal their moment for Twitter clout. And so that's why I waited for Dylan to make that news official himself. I mean, I had verified that he was coming, but that's just how we operate. Anyways. Really stoked about this addition for the Rams. This wide receiver room is looking really great going into the 2023 season. You already have the best wide receiver in the conference and Torrey Horton, one of the best wide receivers in the country, in my opinion. You also obviously have a stable of up-and-coming sophomores, all of which you're hoping have big years, Justice Ross Simmons, Lewis Brown, Makai Fox. But now you have another athletic playmaker with significant D1 experience. And for the first time, it's just starting to feel like the Rams really are putting together a lethal offensive unit. Like it's starting to feel like the type of offensive group that we envisioned when Jay Norvell was hired, the type of groups we saw him put together at Nevada that we hoped would come together in year one. It didn't, mostly because of injuries, but also just because of the state of the roster and everything that went down with the transfers after the first couple of games. But at least on paper going into 2023, assuming that the offensive line is even average, when you look at the amount of guys that Clay Millen has at his disposal now, it's going to be a pretty tough cover for defenses. You can't double everyone. You got Horton out there. You got Justice Ross Simmons out there. Now you throw in Dylan Goffney, really, really stoked about Dallin Holker, and then you could have Kobe Johnson, potentially Avery Morrow coming out of the backfield. I mean... That's a deep, deep team. That's feeling more like the Nevada team that came into Fort Collins and hung 50 on CSU. with Romeo Dubs and Torrey Horton and all those dudes. It's coming together really nicely. But I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I still got to talk about uh, Goffney and, and what he brings to the table. But he's a six foot one, 213 213-pound wide receiver. He had significant interest in the portal. Fresno State, San Diego State, ASU, Cal, Cincinnati, Pitt, they were all interested in him as well, among some others. He had some real suitors. I mean, that list is impressive. You got the conference champion from last year in Fresno State. SDSU has been really dominant of late. Cincinnati, Pitt, both been really talented, really successful, I should say. But he's a guy that is going to come with 19 games of previous FBS experience. He has 32 catches for 500 yards and a pair of touchdowns in his collegiate career. Statistically speaking, his best games this last season were against Navy on October 14th. He had 116 yards in a win on that day. And then against Houston on November 5th, he had 100 yards. That was also a win. His career high for catches came in 2021. That was 10. He had 88 yards in a win over UCF. What that tells me, his three biggest games of his career, all wins for SMU. When he was a focal point in the offense, when they were able to get him involved, good things happened for them. Obviously, I'll have to see him in person before I get a better feel for his game. But just watching a little bit on YouTube and then kind of going back, seeing some of the the high school film as well. It's clear that he has really soft hands, great body control. I shared one catch along the sideline that looked very Michael Gallup-esque just with the way he was able to contort himself, bring it in one-handed. Very impressive stuff. But yeah, he just looks like a playmaker. Does some good things with the ball in his hand after the catch. Does a good job of going up and attacking the football, shielding out defenders, and, and really using his body that way. I mean, I think he can be really good. He just needs more consistent targets than what he got at SMU. Just look at his high school numbers. They're absurd. In 30 career games for Bridgeland High School in Texas, hit 2,736 receiving yards on 162 receptions. He had 37 touchdown receptions, um, never had less than 10 in a single year. To do that in Texas high school football and then be a guy that goes out and immediately makes plays when given an opportunity as a freshman and sophomore, that's really telling. And based on what I've read, seems like he's just a workhorse, caught COVID early in his career, broke his wrist in fall camp his freshman year as well, was still able to get on the field early on in the season. That's a guy that loves to play football. And it's a bit of a cliche sometimes with the way coaches use that to hype up guys. But it is true because there are guys on the roster at times that just aren't quite as dedicated, you know, that aren't willing to do the extra steps to make the recovery process happen faster to play through, you know, illness or ailment. It's what tends to separate the most productive players from everyone else. There are plenty of guys, even with talent, but their hearts just not in it the same way. If They're a little bit dinged up. They're not going to practice that day. And what I've always heard about guys like Torrey Horton, Rashard Higgins, Michael Gallup, BC Johnson, Joe Hansley, you weren't keeping those guys off the field under any circumstance. So when I'm researching this kid, knowing how talented he is, and I find out that early on in fall camp, he goes through these setbacks that you know could have just doomed his season, and the fact that he was able to push through it, that tells me a lot about his work ethic and his character. And again, as far as what he does on the field, dude's a freaking playmaker. Very excited about him. Very excited about the state of this wide receiver room going into the season. And I'm excited about the effort that I see from the staff on the recruiting front. They're going the extra mile to really try and get this roster in a competitive place, and it needed to be revamped. It did. Norvell did not inherit a conference championship contending football team. That's for damn sure. But it does feel like CSU is at least getting closer to being back in that mix. I don't want to get carried away, do any type of you know, bold predictions or anything like that that end up making me look like a fool months from now. We'll have a much better idea come August, September, what this team's real potential is. Remember, there's going to be 50 plus new players coming to campus this summer. So it's really just getting started. But over these last two cycles, this staff has just done a tremendous job of greatly improving the depth, the athleticism, the size. And frankly, just the overall talent level of this roster. That's not to say that everybody that left was untalented or that there wasn't anybody worth a damn in this program. That's obviously not true. Jack Howell, Mo Camara, Blackburn. But we're now seeing what happens when a staff really takes some some cuts at the plate when they go after some of these big time transfers. You know, after some of these high school players that, frankly, Adazio would have never looked at their position was largely just one of apathy. And, you know, like, oh, what are we going to do? We can't get those kind of guys instead of, I don't know, trying to establish those relationships and putting in the work to make it possible. Tell us how you really feel, Justin. (laughs) Anyways, big ups to the CSU football recruiting staff. They're doing a great job. As I said earlier, they're recruiting with intent. I felt like coming into this off season, the most necessary additions as far as transfer portal went. If you could add another experienced offensive lineman, that would be ideal. They did that. Bobby Lawrence out of Missouri expect him to be a starting tackle this year or at the the very least a part of the rotation, maybe like a swing guy we'll have to see once they get on campus. Um, I felt like they needed to add at linebacker. They did Trey Pastor athletic converted defensive back, talked about him on part one. They needed a running back. They got NDSU's leading rusher, Kobe Johnson. They needed some more depth in the secondary, so they went out and got Dom Jones. Also from NDSU, Tony Pierce, the Bison defensive end. A bit of a luxury addition, but shit, you'll take it. Frankly, I'll take anybody that was good enough to start at North Dakota State. You put that team in the Mountain West over the last 15 years. They finish in the top half more times than not and probably win the conference at some point. That's a program where technically they're a step below you know f c s versus f b s and that's all semantics, but technically a step below in, in perceived competition, but it it translates, and especially knowing that you have the personal connections, the fact that Buddha Williams coached a lot of these players, I mean he was there for four years working with Tony Pierce. I'm going to trust the staff's evaluation there and their belief in him and his ability for his game to translate at this level. Same with all those guys, Don Jones, Kobe Johnson. It's just so much more reassuring when you have those established relationships. Being able to actually coach them in college, like Buddha with these NDSU guys or, you know, Norvell and all the Nevada guys, that's huge. That's that's another level. But even if you had a previously established relationship through recruiting, if you have a genuine understanding of who someone is as a person, beyond who they are as a football player, you're going to be able to better recruit because you're going to be able to, to find guys that are going to work in your locker room, that are going to work in your program. This is something that I hype up Nico Medved for all the time. It's not just finding the guys, it's finding the right guys. And the staff, they've done a really good job of using those connections that they have with players, whether it's from previous times coaching them or just from the fact that they recruited them the first time around and got to know them. The success level of transfers that you know is just going to be so much higher than the guys you take blind chances on. And sometimes it's worth it. But as a whole, I just, I really like this approach from the staff. I like what they're doing. As I said, they're recruiting with intent. They're using their connections and they're executing, which is just great to see. They're going out and getting it done. I'm going to wrap up here and talk about just kind of what I would like to see next as far as You know, maybe some other areas they could add depth might give a a couple of thoughts at the end about why the gambling rules need to be updated with anybody associated for the NCAA. I mean, right now it's so absurd. You can't even play fantasy football, which is just stupid, but I might end up saving that for next pod. We'll see. But y'all know that we love our Breck brews over at DNVR, and that is because Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer, made with 100% renewable energy. You gotta love that. You also gotta love the endless variety that they offer. You can't go wrong with the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. It never misses. It pairs well with food. It's good to just have by itself just a classic beer. It's the summer, so maybe you're feeling good company hard seltzers or a shandy, something a little bit lighter. Whatever you're into, check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. When you're out lounging in the sun, maybe having a little fun with a break brew in hand, you're going to want to keep the shade going. You can do that with Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair. We've worn durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. If you want to check it out in person, you can see their entire collection at the brand new Park Meadows Mall location It's a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Finally, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. Now, with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins, Bacchus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus & Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus & Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus & Shanker wins. All right, all right, all right. So with the addition of Dylan Goffney at wide receiver, in my opinion, all the most necessary positions were added via the portal. Linebacker was the biggest one. You know, adding an offensive tackle I felt was huge. After that, though, that was when we started getting into the secondary wide receiver. You could use another running back. They were able to get all of those and then some. But as far as what comes next, the positions where CSU could maybe add a little more depth, I would say they could use another linebacker. You can just never have too many at such a physical position. I mean, you're one or two guys being dinged up away from being pretty light. But to be fair, that's pretty much the case with any position. You know, I I would maybe add another corner. I do think that Dom Jones, in addition to being able to play some safety and rotate in there, can kind of be, you know, a, a... A little bit of a hybrid nickel slot corner, depending on the situation. And I really think the guys that they added in the winter are going to be big. Ron Harge, the third from Oregon State, heard pretty good things about Morris as well. But could maybe use one more corner after losing Langston Williams. He was one of the few surprise departures for me this spring. A guy that I thought popped a little bit, despite being undersized. The biggest position, though, that I think CSU needs, and it's funny to say this. Well, it's it's funny now until you're in a position where you're getting screwed by it, but I am worried about field goal kicker. I do think Henry Cattleman will be fine for kickoffs, and that's what Norvell has said. Patty Turner doing his thing at punter. He's not going to be Stonehouse, and Ram fans just have to accept that. But he was actually pretty effective down the stretch after kind of a slow start last season, hoping he can build on that this year you know, maybe get that average up just a little bit, flip the field a little bit better. The main thing is, though, they're they're just trying to prevent returns. And I'm fine with that. I, I really do think he's going to be fine. Field goal kicker, though, based on what I've seen between a couple of the scrimmages, a couple of practices, yeah, it, it's, it's concerning. And based on how Norvell reacted when, I think it was Kevin Lytle asked him about it after the spring game, didn't throw anybody under the bus, but basically made a point to say we we like Cattlemen in the kickoff duties, feel good about that, but made it clear they're going to definitely keep their options open, so it would not surprise me to see another kicker added into the mix. Been a while since you felt really good about that position for the Rams. By Jared Roberts. I mean, Wyatt Bryan had some nice stretches. Caden Camper as well. I know he technically broke the the record for most field goals in a season and field goals in a game I believe but I mean I've talked about it before it, it was largely chip shots because the Rams couldn't score in the red zone and any time that he had to kick something 40 plus it was you know kind of an adventure but yeah I'd say kicker maybe another linebacker maybe another corner if they could if they could find somebody that they trusted to come in but just the nice thing now is that because you've already covered your bases and you were able to go out and make the additions that were absolutely necessary, it gives you a little bit more flexibility to make some luxury additions and add guys like Tony Pierce, who I'm really stoked about, and I think he's going to play a heavy role in this rotation. They're just in a good spot. They're in a good spot going into year two to be able to make a leap to hopefully get back to the postseason. I think that needs to be a hope-slash-expectation Now we'll have to see how the whole season plays out and, you know, you factor in the context of injuries and all that crap, but it's been too long. It's been too long since this team was relevant, since they were in contention, since they were even in a 500 ball game. And to me, that's kind of the next step forward. It's Jim McElwain's year two in 2013, where you're hoping you can just be competitive, be in the mix. That team did lose some games early in the season that they very much could have won, and had they won, it would have been a, a completely different year, and that could be the case with CSU. I mean, they're going to play a pretty challenging non-conference schedule. I'd say that 1-3 in three is not impossible, but the hope should be to go at least 500, and if you can somehow go 3-1, and that would be massive. All of a sudden, that changes the, the the outlook of everything, really. But just generally speaking, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic about CSU's potential this year. We will have to see what this team looks like fall camp, what the vibe is like, what the injury situation is like, all that. But I do think that there's legitimate reason for optimism, and it's because I trust the staff, but it's also because I just I see the, the talent on this roster, and I'm really stoked about what they bring back, and I'm really stoked about these transfer additions that they've been able to make. Adding a guy like Dylan Goffney to the mix, I mean this wide receiver room is as deep as it's been in a couple of years. You got to go back to having, you know, Warren and, and Mike and, and some of those guys in the same room at the same time. It's a process, but we're seeing growth and hopefully, you know, they can kind of make that next step forward and just get back to the postseason. Just give me the new Mexico bowl. That's all I'm asking for. Anything more than that would be epic, but just give me the new Mexico bowl. All right. That's all I have for now. Hope everybody is staying safe out there. It's been crazy with hail and tornado warnings and all kinds of stuff. I had to record way late here because all day the thunder was just shaking my place. My dog was going crazy, but that can be just a sketchy situation when you're in the road and it's thunderstorm downpouring or the hail comes in. It's it's pretty scary. So I hope everybody's doing okay out there. I hope everybody's property is okay. That's the other tough part about it. Just vehicle and and home damage every summer. It feels like it's brutal out here. But the last thing I wanted to say is just to continue to keep Shaq Barrett, the Barrett family in your thoughts and your prayers, whatever you believe. I just can't even imagine what that family is going through right now or or what it feels like. But I'm just heartbroken, man. I'm heartbroken because Shaq is one of the kindest people I've ever met. And frankly, nobody deserves to go through something like this, but especially not a guy like him. And I just pray that he can find some peace during this time, that his family can find some peace. And if you're a person of faith, karma, anything like that, I'd just ask you to do the same. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go because I'm losing my voice and I'm getting emotional now but um thank you to everybody that continues to support the content we'll have more throughout the week happy mother's day it's a little early but happy mother's day to all the ram moms out there much love y'all peace What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was, eh? What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them the number one, And eh? What would you say if I told you a nobody, then the rockin' bus sold out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy, You'd probably never make it, Were you listening to that right now? I said we on now.